podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayton. It's Sunday morning. We've just beaten Birmingham City on Saturday afternoon, which was uh, marvellous for myself. Uh, ben, result aside at the moment, how's your weekend been and how's your week been in general, mate? You all good? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Um, week's been all right as well. Uh, gone out for a few runs to keep myself occupied. Uh, been decorating some bit more at home. Um, and then yesterday, went out for a nice walk with my dad because it, it was his birthday Friday. So we went out for like a three-mile walk around Hemel. And then, yeah, got back in time to watch the Watford game. And uh, results went our way yesterday, didn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, really, really delighted with that. How, how's your um, weekend been? I think you went flat viewing, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I... Um... I, for the first time, went and viewed a couple of flats in, in Birmingham, funnily enough. I probably should have worn a Watford shirt. Um, but, um, yeah, flat viewing. Um, and, yeah, they were they were good. So, hopefully, you know, sort of next week I can think about what, what's going to happen next. So, exciting times. And, yeah, just as normal, just training for... Um, just training for the 10k that I'm doing in October. I had a bit of a off week this week, so back at it again tomorrow on Monday. So, yeah, fingers crossed. But like you said, results went our way yesterday, and obviously our result went went perfectly. So that was all good. And um, we're not. It's not just me and Ben talking. You would have seen on the Twitter. I am delighted to say we are joined by Shane, who's often seen on WD18 Sunday nights with Shane. Shane, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, how how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, I've noticed I've had a less active week than you two guys have, if I'm <laughs> honest with you. Um, just just really from the off. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those weird things, you know, when I got the call to do the podcast and everything, heard you guys kind of record relatively early in the morning. I thought, when when was the last time I was up early for on a Sunday for something Watford related? And I kind of traced it back to Man United away in February. So oh, wow. that was a very long time ago yeah. for a Sunday. I think it was, might have been like a two o'clock kickoff going up to Old Trafford and all that. But mm. things were obviously different back then and things are so different now. And yeah, um, yeah you, know, the, you know, I've got a cup of tea in my hand. It's a lovely... <laughs> Cloudy morning, let's say, but you know, there's never a wrong time, is there, to be discussing Watford at the moment? Oh, because definitely. I'll tell you what, if things have just been, we've been on the up, I think, and I've said this on a few other play, kind of places that for me, Bournemouth away, that, that result, things could have gone either one or two ways. We could have gone on a bit of a downward trend, maybe even fallen out of like the playoffs potentially if things really hadn't worked out for us. But we've bounced, we've, we've kind of used that result as a bit of a springboard. We've bounced back and we're all the better for it, really, aren't we? You know, waking up this morning and I put out a few tweets about the game yesterday. So many people liking it, so many people enjoying it. People are 
pleasant with one another again it's, 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 it's yeah. such a different it's and people are nice and pleasant with me which is quite nice so listen it's been a it's been a great few days you know obviously the midweek result was massive for us drop yeah. points there for our for our promotion rivals but yesterday felt like a, a defining moment in the season i don't want to get too obviously too ahead of ourselves there's still eight games left it's going to yeah. be health for leather after the international break you know we know better than anyone the absolute you know the joy and the despair of this division um uh, how it can come at you <laughs> full pelt yeah <laughs> you know at any time of the week etc and you know whatever and whoever we're kind of playing but we've put ourselves in a fantastic position and we're in a commanding position now you know it's yes. six points clear i think it is of uh swansea seven points of clear of brentford so it's all good i'm smiling and i'm very very happy to be here <laughs> good stuff well we are delighted to have you on um as you mentioned man united there a minute ago hopefully next season touchwood yeah. we'll be playing them again um, <laughs> absolutely let's start as always with the with the team moves now ben we were unchanged for, I think, the first time this season on Tuesday. Um, no one got back to me to say whether it was the first time that season that it was unchanged or not. But um, we knew that Saar picked up a knock and we was perhaps a little bit worried. Was he going to play? Wasn't he going to play? Closer it got to kick off, we were like, OK, it's quite evident that Saar isn't going to take part. Team who's come out at two o'clock and the... <laughs> It was a bit of a strange one. So obviously, Saar was out and Zinkenagel was out, and I, you know, I mentioned that he did pick up a bit of a whack on on his hip against Rotherham. So that was obviously a precaution. Gosling come in, and that's fine. We we sort of understood that, but success was playing as well. Was that a really really odd odd thing to see at two o'clock yesterday, Ben? Yeah, completely threw me. I think it probably threw a lot of the fans. It's he's only just came back from injury, not really played games for a year, year and a half maybe, and meant to be thrown in for a start straight away. Normally, you, you gradually build up someone's fitness, don't you? And I think he's only had two substitution appearances. Maybe it was like five minutes and then fifteen minutes. Yeah. And then he was thrown in to start against Birmingham City yesterday. It was a bit of a scratch your head kind of moment. Um, maybe Cisco's seen something in training, or he knows him from his days in La Liga. And he, he put his trust in him yesterday, but it completely threw us hearing that Zinkan Eagle was out as well. We were fully expecting Saar to be yeah. missing from the side. And then Zinkan Eagle being out, you was like, and success coming in, you was thinking, oh, is success going to be playing on the right? But no, they played him through the middle. Um, mm. Pedro went out on the right-hand side. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't really understand the success thing. It was, it was fair play to him for giving him the opportunity. Um, you're only going to get fit by playing games, aren't you? Um, yeah. But yesterday, it didn't really click for Isaac's success. Um, yeah. I, I, I was surprised that um, Cisco didn't maybe give Gray a start because we've seen that before this yeah. season. Um, he likes to alternate the strikers with, with Pedro and Gray. And with Cinco Eagle being out, putting uh, Pedro on the right, I, I was fully expecting Andre Gray to come into a side yesterday. Yeah, and, and Shane, with that team news, obviously we've mm-hmm. seen Zink and Argyle get a run of games at the moment and he's he's really sort of clicked, considering that's not his natural position. Was you perhaps a little bit worried now? No disrespect to Dan Gosling, but was you perhaps a little bit worried that that might be our weak link yesterday when you saw the team news? Or, or was you confident that whoever was going to come in, they were going to do a job and we were going to be fine? I'll be honest with you, when I, when I saw the team yesterday, I mean, first of all, obviously, you know, we're what, in 
what with the days now we're living in of social media and all that, you know, the whole Zincanagel news was linked was was leaked about half an hour before the news yeah. came out. So <laughs> I think somebody from the Watford Observer was actually there was like, oh yeah, well I've not seen Sar come off, which we all kind of expected anyway. And bit of relief there, maybe you know what with the current international break and his call up and everything. I thought, yeah, okay, well, you know, I'm willing to take the, I'm willing to take the bullet really for that. But when I heard that there was no Zincanog, well, that was a big worry for me. Um, and then seeing the team for me, Gosling wasn't really the the issue. Mm-hmm. I'm just as shocked as you guys were. I'm just as shocked I think as most people were to see Isaac's success start. I thought <laughs> that was just like I was, I was looking at the team. I was like, okay, well that's normal. That's normal. Gosling's come in, huh? Isaac, what? Yeah. <laughs> I had to almost scratch my eyes, mate. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was like, no, nah, I've had, I've, I, I thought to myself, no, nah, clearly I've had too much. Yeah, you know, I thought to myself, I've clearly, there's been some sort of glitch or something. And, you know, you know that this has happened. But I kind of saw it as an opportunity for Isaac, really. I thought, okay, well, you know, as you guys say, and I think a lot of people would maybe echo now, Andre would have been the more natural option up there. Um, I've had a lot of discussions, of course, on um, WD18 about Stipe Parizza and where he kind of is at the moment. You know, he seems to be there, but not kind of there, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he, you know, and, and, and again, you know, he didn't he didn't make a sub appearance yesterday. Maybe that, yes, it wasn't the game for Stipe, but if you're him, you're a little bit worried at the moment because for a game whereby there's like a vacant spot potentially up top, I thought Jao did very well on the right hand side. You know, slightly yeah. diminishes his powers a little bit, but. I mean, you know, what that guy makes up for in the diminishing of position, he more than makes up for in his skill, really, doesn't he? And his absolute tenacity, just trying to get the ball forward, you know, as as, as much as possible. But I saw this as a massive opportunity for Isaac's success to potentially prove a few people wrong. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. convinced. <Nah. laughs> I wasn't convinced. And I think the big, the big problem was, right, and I saw this a couple of times and I completely agreed with it. I was maybe, it was about 20, 25 minutes into the game. I sat there, I was like, just ambling my way through the game. And I thought to myself, well, this guy's just, he's going through the motions here. He doesn't look like someone who's been given a second chance. That's really worrying for me. You've got someone like Andre who came on, I 30, 38 seconds, I think it was quoted as, as him coming on and scoring a goal. You know, if your eyes are sitting on the bench watching that, you're thinking, ah, that should have been me. Yeah, well, that should have been chance, me making that kind of impact. Yeah, Sorry? He, he had a chance in that second yeah, half, probably jumping the gun a little bit, but his touch did him oh. there big time. So, but that oh, was, his, was that was his first Mike, league start since 2019 in March. Mike, I'm so sorry. You know, I, you know, I know you're probably wanting someone to be a little bit more level-headed, but that was absolutely <laughs> dreadful. That no, mate, honestly, I, I, I oh, would have sh- probably said something similar to be honest. Sc- I screamed. <laughs> You'd probably say something worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I screamed at the TV, mate. I mean, like, I can't lie to you. It's just, I thought, oh, the pain. I thought to myself, it's just, and, and, and I mean, I would go as far as to say anyone else in that position anyone else and I think we double the lead in quicker time really mm. um it was quite interesting actually for me just just on a side note obviously um with most kind of games etc this season of course I've don't really I've never really known too much about the opposition and coming yeah. into this game um, I've actually got uh family that are Birmingham City supporters uh, uh-huh. who have been at St Andrews um who've been season ticket holders of St Andrews since, since they were kids so my cousins are about three three of my cousins are massive Birmingham City fans have lived up there and all that, and you know we've had a nice, nice amount of banter, you know, down down the years. Of course, um, yeah. you know, I've got. You'd say you'd say commiserations. I'd say maybe there's maybe <laughs> one commiseration and two abusive messages when we got relegated. Uh, one tweet, uh, one one message I received was "Welcome back to 
to the doghouse, which was quite nice, <laughs> really. So, you know, the last time those guys were at Vicarage Road was 2014-15 for that Cathcart yeah. goal. They still don't know how Cathcart managed to score that goal. So, you know, no. it's kept them. <laughs> it was quite good. But actually, I remember, and I think, kind of speaking about the team, the first message I got was no Saar, no Zinkar. And they, they were really up for it. They, they were very confident that they could yeah. actually maybe nick something thinking yeah. that SARS and Canagua are biggest threats. And when they saw Isaac's success up top, I got a number of <laughs> laughing emojis coming through. Yeah. I was like, you're all trolling me. I thought to myself, are you serious? I was, nah, just, just not his afternoon. And maybe it begs the wider question. I know I've seen a few people, it's a bit premature. Is he the answer kind of things? And I think Andre's, I think Andre's done himself a huge, huge amount of credit. Yeah. You know, to get that goal 30 seconds off the bench, that's an impact sub. That is yeah. the definition of an impact sub. Jeremy yeah, well. and Gakia passing the ball to him, that's an impact sub. Huge from him. Isaac, if I was a school teacher, must do better, really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I'm a coach and a uh, assistant. Well, I'm assistant manager on a Sunday league team back in Birmingham, mm. and uh, the the vast majority of people in there are Birmingham City fans. So when the team news dropped, I uh, I put something along the lines of Isaac's success, and there was a word in there that rhymes with ducking. So you can probably imagine how <laughs> I was feeling seeing that. But Ben, just about the game itself. So just before we we talk about the the great start that we got off to, Birmingham City coming into it. I know we touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but Birmingham City coming into it off a massive win against Reading mm-hmm. uh, sort of did us a favour, really. And because um, we want to create as much of a gap as we can between us and the lower reaches of the playoffs. But they're obviously up for it. Lee Bowyer's come in. You've got that new manager bounce. Would you... I, I, was, I was bricking it, mate, as uh, sort of kickoff was approaching. How was you feeling going into it? What, what would you expect in from this Birmingham City side under Lee Bowyer? Um, going into the game, I was expecting us to have like a routine um, victory of keeping a clean sheet again. I, I did that prediction before the game kicked off, but then when I saw the starting lineup and seeing no Zink and Eagle and Isaac's success um, starting, it did worry me and I was getting nervous and I thought Birmingham, they performed well against Red in midweek, got a really good performance, new manager bounce. I was, I was a bit fearful mm. before the kickoff. And we just really needed to start the game quickly and put them onto the back foot. And I think it really settled the nerves yesterday going, um, starting strongly. And that's what we've done all season. We we start halves really quickly. We do it in the first half. We do it in the second half. And that's unheard of for Watford because last season we started started games really slowly, didn't we? And it didn't take until like a Nigel Pearson bollocking at half time for <laughs> the team to actually start performing. So it's, it's refreshing to see that this season. But yeah, I think our, our quick start yesterday really... Um, calmed the nerves yesterday. I think if if it went into half-time being nil-nil, I think Birmingham may have taken the upper hand and we would have really struggled yesterday. Yeah, massively. You mentioned there, obviously, the quick start. That's a nice segue, that is. Thank you very much for that, Ben. 19 home games we've played this season. I believe 17 of them we've scored first. Four minutes on the clock, it was. Uh, João Pedro forcing a smart save from Neil Everidge. Um, his defenders sort of pulled his pants down a little bit, though, because they were like sort of statues. They, they didn't really move. And uh, Semmer was there, right time, right place. Just probably shows the confidence that we've got and the the ability that we've got going forward, that there was somebody there to pluck in the, the rebound. And that's and, uh, the easiest goal he'll probably score all season. But 
do you, do you agree with that, Shane? So obviously, with the team news, we it, we perhaps didn't set up as we expected. Was it key that we then went and got that first goal, and then from that first goal, could we maybe breathe a little bit, or would you still expect you know a strong fight back from Birmingham City because they looked decent yesterday? I'll, I'll give it to them; they looked very good. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think in the week kind of leading up to the game, of course, I saw I saw their match against Reading, and mm. it was. Um, a bit of an eye-opener, really. I kind of knew Lee Boyer was going to come and was going to give them a kick up the arse. I think we'd be having a very dis- different discussion. I think the pre-game discussion would have been very different had this been an Ito Karanka Birmingham side. Yeah. I don't think there'd have been the nerves kind of attached to it because they look completely gone, really. And all summed up by, I think it was Harley Dean celebration, <laughs> Kate Treading, <laughs> and as yeah. to what they thought of everything there, really, you know, under his kind of tenure. That's close. The end. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah that, that, absolutely. You've got to admire the levels of shithousery really yeah. <laughs> uh, with some of that but if I'm being totally honest with you because I, and I, I didn't really get what the whole thing was about but then I kind of listened to the post-match interviews and I thought oh wow that's 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 trolling on a high level but, I mean you know fair fair play to the guy but I, you know, when I saw Lee Bowyer kind of come in and I thought this is a guy who's going to give them that, ha- that hair dry treatment and that did fill me with a little bit of worry because they're going to be coming out we've sp- spoken about it so many times before the new manager bounce it does happen and I think it did happen for Birmingham yesterday. My big concern, I think, was up front for them because they've got Lukas yeah. Jukovic, who is just an absolute just beast, frankly. If you feed the beast, he'll score. They've not <laughs> been feeding the beast, therefore he hasn't scored. Yeah. And so the first time a ball went into the area against Reading, I can't, I can't remember how many minutes it was. I mean, Jukovic bullied the defender and he scored. Mm. And when I saw that, I thought that cannot be Serie A or Trustikong on Saturday. Uh, otherwise, what... if we if we if we allow them him to get one header in, mm. it could be it could be quite it could, could be quite detrimental, um, and that's why that's what going back to your point of the mm. early goal, we absolutely need an early goal in these kind of matches. It settles the nerves, it settles the fans, it settles the players, and more importantly, I think I think it settled the team down a little bit as well. You know, we kind of knew the physical side of play that Birmingham were going to bring. We knew that they were going to be a threat to us and that saying as you said the fact that we went one nil up at half time was crucial the fact that it wasn't nil nil as the saying goes the longer it's nil nil the more confident Birmingham will be of trying yeah. to nick something from a set piece you know a dodgy bit of defending I mean to be honest mate we were really riding our luck I don't know what you guys yeah. think towards, towards towards the end of that first half a couple of blind Chalaba I mean what a block that was from Jeremy Bella I mean I, I genuinely thought that was going in and was yeah, I think, oh yeah, no, absolutely, it wasn't. Maxim Collan as well. I think had a oh, what amazing was he doing? run. Oh, just just, just... your left. Oh, Doesn't matter <laughs> if you if you're a right-sided player. I think the commentator said you're a professional oh, footballer. You're telling me you can't have a swing at that with your weak foot. Don Goodman was going absolutely mental in that yeah. commentary box. I think he almost wet himself, frankly. The fact that he wasn't <laughs> Birmingham equaliser so so much, frankly. I mean, I'll be honest with you, and it's. You know, it's it's a testament to how well our defence has been, a testament to how organised yeah. we were. I did think that we were riding, we were kind of slightly lucky to still be 1-0 up at half-time, but mm. that's the luck that you need. The blocks that came in from Messina, I thought Messina and Chalabi yesterday, first half in particular. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to talk more about the second half soon, but mm. that first half in particular, I thought they were fantastic. Chalabi's block was a goal-saving, a, a, a win-saving possibly yeah. save, because we don't we don't know how that would have gone. Really, had they scored, had they got their equaliser, they equalised before half time, they get that boost. They didn't get it. One nil up. 
sharp alert from Ken Semmer, exactly what you need. And as you say, it's the easiest goal he'll score this season. Yeah, yeah, massively. And and obviously, you, so that was 1-0. We, we then had another chance, Ben, uh, from another corner, which a stat popped up. You know how Sky have these stats pop up in the bottom corner of the screen. And one of them yesterday really surprised me. We're actually up there. We might be top, or I think we're over top or second, with set-piece goals. Now, that was something we've obviously struggled with over the years. You know, for, we I think up until when we played Tranmere in the Cup, we hadn't scored from a corner in God knows how long. And then I think Caden Caden Hines scored. Uh, and then like now, it seems to be where the main bulk of our goals come from. Um, but he, Ken Semmer whipped it in and Messina was there and he just put it wide. Probably should have done a little bit better, but I think he sort of saw it last minute. But Ben, talk to me about that block from Chalaba, the way he celebrated afterwards. Just talk to me about Chalaba proper captain's performance yesterday that was his best performance of the season hands down yeah 100% um, you, this everyone's saying this is the best we've seen of Chalaba since the um, his first stint at the club but I think this yeah. is the actual best we've actually seen of Chalaba I think he's better than what he was at the uh, when he joined as that 16 17 year old from Chelsea on loan and that first time he arrived at the club it is just phenomenal he's just grown as a player and I think the captaincy has even helped him it's just given him more responsibility and he's enjoying it um, yeah. you can see with Will Hughes with him alongside it gives him that freedom to get forward a little bit more and he's enjoying playing further forward if, if you at the start of the season if you said that you'd be playing Chalabra in an advanced midfield role I think everyone would be like now come on he needs to sit in that midfield but it's working and Cisco's got the best out of him and he's just thriving I'm really enjoying seeing in Chalaba play this last three months I think he's been top draw and you can't fault any of his performances at all um, but yeah for, 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 from that corner Messina should have done a lot better but Chalaba blocking the man um, just shows how hard they're working on the training ground now I think there's a couple of examples yesterday of the set pieces that Watford have really worked on um, this week and I think Chalaba alluded to it in his um uh, interview after the match um, for, for his goal he was saying that special credit needs to go to the set piece um, specialist um, that trains him on the training ground because he said that he was going to get a goal and if he timed his run perfectly he would have got it and he, he did that yesterday but there was a couple of examples yesterday of Watford blocking for runners of um, Birmingham City yesterday and it, it was causing them issues in that defending box and we could have easily scored more and it's, it's, it's great to see Watford actually being a threat from set pieces now. Yeah, yeah and I was surprised to hear that we've got a set piece specialist and then I wondered why it took so long to, to get one but I mean their main threat yesterday, I think, was was getting balls in the air and winning. And we know what Djokovic is like, uh, Harley Dean as well. I thought he was better going forward than he was defending because <laughs> he, he's, he's a proper sort of big bloke at the back and no-nonsense defender. Um, I mean, they missed that chance with Hogan. And obviously, if that goes in, it could be a different game, albeit he was offside in the end. But we, as, as Shane said, we, we, we made it into the break at 1-0 and... The, the, the stats were looking in our favour, but it, it was a lot closer game than the stats suggest. I mean, 63% possession to Birmingham's uh, 36. We had we both had six shots in total. They didn't have any on target, but we had four on target. We, we just looked like every time we went forward, we were going to create something. And defensively yesterday, I, I don't know what you thought, Shane. Obviously, you, you highlighted there about we know what Jukovic is like and, you know, mm. he's... he's 
Dutsy's bread and butter. But I thought I thought Trooster Kong and um, Chiarelta had a pretty decent game against him. I mean, yeah, he got a couple of flick-ons from that long throw from Mark Roberts. And, you know, that was obviously something they looked to utilise. And I was worried every time that throwing went in. But I, I think on, on a whole yesterday, they limited to him sort of, they limited him to, to very little, really. He, he only had scraps to feed off, I personally thought. Sirialta is someone who I have constantly raved about this season. Trusty Conganar, in fairness to him, he's mm. put in some great performances. I thought yesterday was one of his better performances. Yeah. Um, I think you've got to kind of develop the partnership. I don't think I don't really think it's helped Trusty Kong put um, in his rotation out the team. He's been yeah. bringing in Kafka. Obviously, you know, it's kind of freshen up the team, but I think the one thing that you should never really change in a side are, are the two centre-backs. So they need to forge something of an understanding. But yesterday, I thought the, the two of them had done their homework, really, on Jukovic yeah. and, on, and on Hogan as well, in fairness. Yeah. Um, Siri Alta has been an absolute rock for us at the back. Um, the EFL highlights last night properly had a, actually kind of highlighted him as our standout player yesterday. And there could have been a couple more that they could have chosen, but yeah, yeah. We, we, we're yet to see some continued praise for Sirialta. And I think he deserves it. You know, the scariest thing about his performance is that he's only 23. Yeah. <laughs> he's only 23. He's like crazy. you look at him, you think, oh yeah, this guy's in his mid, mid thirties. He's been, you know, like a journeyman, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. played in like the Chilean, like first division and maybe played a bit of Europe. And now he's 23 years old. And Cisco has, absolutely transformed his career I think I'd go as far as to say that because mm. before under Rivich he was sitting on the bench wasn't really getting a look in had Chileans in my messages telling me that he's a fantastic and I even had a couple of Chileans um, send me pictures of them with Sirialta as a mark to see how much just just how highly we wanted to have a picture with him so that was quite good um, and then I thought okay well okay well you know obviously they're going to back like their fellow countrymen and all that but when I saw him I think it's first clean sheet I saw of him was against Norwich yes. he was commanding in that game he hasn't really put a foot wrong any time no. that he's played this no. season I can't yeah, really no. think of one unless there's one glaring one that I don't I, think he has that I've missed no not no, at all I don't think I don't, I don't, I don't think he has and yesterday I highlighted it before the game Serie Alta v Jukovic for me was, was a big battle mm. and I think after that game I think Serie Alta you know he'll be looking back thinking we kept them very quiet yeah. um, and ultimately look it's it, it's a testament. It's not just to the two centre-backs. I thought the full-backs played there more than played their part yesterday. We're playing more as a unit. We're playing more as a team. You know, we've gone past the days now of, you know, well, I've gone past the days anyway of shouting at the defenders. Um, you know, <laughs> the general just, just switching off moments, really. But, you know, it was so refreshing yesterday to see the two centre-backs come out on top, limiting, as you say, Jukovic to scraps. And, you know, long may it continue. We've got some tough matches coming up the last eight games, you know. Yeah. There'll be teams there, you know. I'm looking at the list fictionist now for Wednesday up next. P- teams that are potentially in, in a spot of bother, looking for a potential late push into the playoff places, cementing a playoff place. Those guys are going to be heavily tested, going up against some big physical strikers, um, some very talented strikers. You know, we talk about Sheffield Wednesday, I think of Jordan Rhodes instantly. Yes. Of course, he did score yesterday, so... Tough games, tough opponents, tough opponents, opponents that have not really played before. But you know what? If they do their homework and put in performances like they did yesterday, every single week between now and the end of the season, I think we're going to be golden at the back. I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's key that you point that out there, that the fact that they looked 
so comfortable up against yeah. a team that we, yeah. we knew was going to absolutely pelt us, you know, Birmingham. Mm. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. is no disrespect to Birmingham as well. Look, I've, I've, as like yourself, Shane, obviously, I've got loads of mates that are Birmingham City fans, yeah. and a lot of them <laughs> listen to this, so they'll probably be expecting a, a bollocking, but I'm going to let you go off, guys, if you are listening. Um, but you know that Lee Bowyer, he, he said in his interviews that they just want to go back to basics. He, he highlighted, he says, you've got Jukovic, who's scored so many goals, like, he's, he's great in the air. But no one's been giving him balls in the air. And it's just going back to simple stuff. So the fact it looked so effortless, like mm, it was yeah. unbelievable. And and Ben, you obviously mentioned yesterday the set-piece routine, 55 minutes on the clock. Nathaniel Chalabar peeled off his man. It, it was generally, oh. it, it's not cliche when I'm saying this, it was training ground stuff. He peeled off his man, Jukovic, funnily enough. And there he was at the back post to head it in. And his confidence is just going to keep growing, isn't it, Ben? Chalabar's. Yeah, if he keeps on scoring, and he scored that fantastic goal at Cardiff a couple of games back as well. So, if, uh, mm-hmm. is that like two goals in three games now for Chalaba? Yeah. Um, he could have yeah, scored yeah. at Rotherham. It was yeah. a good save from a keeper. It went out for a corner as well. So, he's getting into the right areas now, isn't he? And it's definitely going to carry on adding to his goal tally. But yeah, what an excellent um, corner routine. Executed perfectly. Chalaba starts at the front post. He peels off his man, runs right around the back of all the defenders in the process Jukovic collides with Pedersen I think he does and stumbles over and there's Chalaba with a free header that was really calmly taken header the keeper had no chance of that yeah absolutely Com- completely completely agree there Ben um, we've, we we keep seeing these substitutions before 60 minutes I don't know what's going on um, you know we, we all know that Cisco used to love a 60th minute sub but granted it was only three minutes before 57 minutes on the clock first substitution and it's I can understand the first one but the, the second well it, it was different to see basically Gosling and success coming off and Sanchez and Hungbo coming on Ben, how good was it to see Hungbo actually getting a run of what? Well, it would have been half an hour. Yeah, well, a lot of Watford fans have been crying out to see more of um, Joseph Hungbo. And we, we definitely got to see him yesterday. I thought it was a great opportunity for him to um, come on. But he was actually getting stripped to come on when we was actually 1-0 off. Um, there was on the touchline waiting to come on when the corner swung in, where oh, we actually scored 2-0. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Would have been quite ballsy for Cisco to actually bring him on at one nil as well. Um, luckily, it was two nil, so we had a bit more of um, a gap and maybe a bit more freedom for Humbo to come on. At. But yeah, great to see him come on. He's got so much promise for lad, hasn't he? And he's he's very attack minded, and we saw that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And we obviously Shane, we saw Sanchez come on. What what have you? I know it's tough to judge him off sub appearances, but what have you made of Sanchez? Because obviously, when he come in. There was a lot of groaning and moaning from some Watford fans. And listen, they're, they're entitled to their opinion. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying they're wrong, but what have you made of, of his start as, as a Watford player? I'll be honest with you, man. When I saw the signing, I was slightly confused by it. I think, yeah. I, you know, you kind of... <laughs> I've seen this a couple of times now, obviously, you know, with Gosling and Sanchez. And I think I actually just saw, I think it was one of those neutral observers, one of those uh, championship podcasts. Yes. Uh, talk talk about this, and one of them I remember someone tweeting about it, um, saying Gosling and Sanchez are basically Rolls Royces in this division, um, in the sense that they can come on and they can actually do a job for us. Gosling, I was a little bit more slightly more positive about. I think on balance, you know, I thought, okay, well, I can kind of maybe understand that. A bit worried the fact that a potential at that time promotion rival was selling 
us one of their players. I did that. That just didn't really sit very right with me. But they call Carlos Sanchez La Roca, don't they? And he's been solid for us yeah. in that yeah. field, really. And he's been, you know, I thought the substitutes yesterday, I was just on a side note to those, you know, and the man who made them, Cisco Munoz, I thought had a fantastic game yesterday. Yeah. Tactically, yeah. he set up fantastically well. The substitutes, for me, were spot on. It's Gosling coming off. I, th- I thought that was a bit strange, personally. You know, I, I don't know how many. I mean, I know he came on obviously against Rotherham. Hasn't played. I might, might have played a grand total of about ninety minutes of football this week, possibly mm-hmm. there or thereabouts, really. But he's that was potentially, I think, quite a strange substitution. I thought Carlos Sanchez. I thought the the things that he does do, he does very well. He keeps it very simple in there. Yeah. Um, someone who doesn't really need a whole lot of time to get up to speed with the game. I think that's crucial. As well, you know, he, he needed to keep it going. He needed to keep kind of things running in that midfield. And as for Joe Joseph Hungbo, Hungbo coming on, it's another opportunity off the bench for him. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of him just in yeah. general because the way in which he's carried himself, you know, it was a landmark moment coming on, I guess, Nottingham Forest for him, coming of age. And, you know, he replaced us at success. I don't think success was up to very much, if we're being honest with you. But I think it shows... It shows the confidence that Cisco has A in Hungbo and B in the team. Because as you say, we were two nil up. Um, just quickly touching on that Chalabar goal. He was he was superb yesterday. Man of the match yeah. performance from me. And you know, a lot of people ask, can you shag a tweet? I wanted to shag a corner routine yesterday, if I'm being totally honest with you. So um, I mean that was just I mean, have you have you ever seen something happen so effortlessly from a corner before? I was just oh, I was wow. staggered by it. Frankly, I know what you, you know. mean. I got a lot of joy out of that too. Yeah. Oh, it's just, <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's too much. I thought, it was, I thought it was too much. And yeah. Hungbo came on. I was like, oh my god, this is this because because it just showed you know we're two nil up. We're not panicking in this game. A game that I genuinely thought we were going to be panicking in at home. I, I kind of had coming into this game. I kind of had a bit of a QPR vibe about it. You know, we go one nil yes. up. Birmingham kind of come back into it and. Everyone says, ah, yeah, well, that's going to be a home win. Ah, it's what fall all over that. You don't need to stress about that one. But actually, I was a bit worried. But two nil up, bringing on Hungbo, that was a sign for me that Cisco was thinking, all right, let's now start resting some of these players. Let's get, in, let's, let's get into a cruising kind of mode, really. And that was definitely summed up, I think, with the last couple of substitutes anyway. Yeah, yeah. I want to highlight, uh, you, you've talked about what uh, sort of, the faith he has in the squad. I want to talk about yeah. depth of squad a minute because I want to highlight a tweet that I got from a Birmingham City fan yesterday when I just tweeted saying that Blues give us a decent game and everything yeah. else. And a Birmingham City fan replied saying a midfield of Chalaba, Hughes and Gosling. Now, bear in mind, that's not our first choice midfield. No, yeah. shouldn't be yeah. playing in the championship and I'm sure they won't be for much longer. So the fact that people are, are thinking that that midfield is, is too good... And mm. again, this is no disrespect to Gosling or anyone else, but that's not even our first choice midfield. So it just shows that the depth we've got at the moment. Um, ben, I want to touch upon the other substitution that took place, 68 minutes. Um, hopefully, and not just for Watford, but because he's received his first call-up to his um, national side, Morocco, hopefully he's all right. But Lazar, come on for Messina. Um <laughs> I think it's evident to see now, because we saw it against Bournemouth, this guy will love a long-distance shot, don't he? Like, he's, he's got he's got some cojones on him, and he's thinking, yeah, I can ping these top bins from here. No no chance. 
I love the enthusiasm of him, but I think yeah. I've compared someone like this before on the podcast. He, 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 whenever I see him come on the pitch, it's like a dog that's been taken off the lead. <laughs> he just runs around. He's just so excited analogy. to be there, isn't he? And he yeah. just gets the ball. Oh. He just he just smacks it from wherever he is. I, I love the enthusiasm of him. He scares the shit out of me sometimes when he's got the ball. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just love him. <laughs> he plays. He plays. He plays like I do, really, on the pitch. You know, just have a pot shot, really, whenever you fancy. You know, yeah. no. One's really looking, you know. Just have it, just have a shot. You've got to admire that kind of confidence. Yeah, in, oh, some, in some respects, I mean, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, for one thing, I didn't. I completely forgot until well, until that substitute was made and the Sky graphic came up of Messina that he'd actually he's now a Moroccan international. Yeah. Um, so that was just slightly. I was like, well, okay. I didn't. I didn't quite kind of. That hadn't quite registered with me really, but you know, Lazar coming on, as you say, it's he's he's not going to be a first choice starter, but if you see him on social media, he's just as with the team, you know, he's happy whenever we've won a game. Yeah. You see a lot of pick picks with him and Messina in the dressing room. They're very close. I think Lazar's taken on the role of understudy very well this season. And, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen next season. Of course, we don't know any kind of reinforcements, but he's not a bad backup to have. I've seen a few fans kind of be on his back a little bit. Mm. You know, a lot of fans think, oh, you know, it was a great win yesterday, but the bad performance, I think the one of the worst performances was Lazar. I thought that was harsh yeah. on him. Yeah. I think he's come in. I think he's tried his best. I thought it was also harsh as well on Isaac's success. You know, we're, yeah. we're right to give him criticism, but the man hasn't started a game since like in like two years or something, you know. And I think it's kind of harsh to get personal in there really but I think with Lazar he comes on he does a job for us and you know if he wants to have a pot shot it's a shot on target you know come on you know I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna deny him that no. opportunity but he made some good challenges when he came yeah, he on did. as well yeah no yeah. no 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 he did you know I think it's it's quite tough you know if, you, if you've not started the game you're in a relative position of kind of safety etc and there, there didn't seem to be as much of a threat I think the second goal I think Don Goodman made reference to the to it in commentary. Birmingham must ensure they don't go into their shells. Well, it was was the exact thing that he said, and he was getting a bit worried about that. When we went to to the up, the subs were coming on. Kind of felt as though Birmingham could be just blown out of the water, mm. um, even more so than the potential scoreline does actually suggest. Um, but no, listen, you know, as I say, it was it was nice to see Lazar come on, a good understudy, yeah. and you know, a good guy to have. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And then the the final substitution. I mean, before that, Birmingham had half a chance. Yukovic um, managed to produce yeah. some sort of snapshot and see, hit the um, hit the stanchion beyond the goal. But again, a, another game where Backman's not really being tested. And I thought he did well in claiming the ball because I I went yeah. on a couple of Birmingham City podcasts in the week and they said, look, you know, is there anything you're worried about? And I said, if I'm being honest, I says, and this isn't a dig at Backman, but he has looked a bit shaky at times claiming the ball in the air and obviously with a team like Birmingham who are going to get the ball in the air who are going to put crosses in I thought he did pretty well yesterday Batman but again testament to the defence that he didn't really have many shots to actually deal with himself so that that was absolutely credit to him but that substitution that last substitution we, we've touched on it earlier in the pods but and you mentioned the sky graphic. I don't know if you noticed yesterday, but um, they've changed Andre Grace to Jamaica now because he's received yeah. a call up. They're playing USA in Austria, which is odd. Um, on Thursday, <laughs> I think. He yeah, is. that's weird. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that is strange. That is very strange. But yeah, also it, interesting as well to see that Jamaica started to call up a lot of um, 
what they yeah. I think I actually did a bit of research actually into this. They call them UB40s, I've been told. So players that have been that are British born that oh. go on to represent Jamaica and oh. they've got their own like, little team called UB40, obviously after the yeah, but um after the um after the band and everything. So there are quite a lot of those players in there. You know, and and you look at some of the players that could potentially be called up, they've got a decent team all of a sudden. Yeah. Like a lot of grafters in that team. I know it's Ethan Pinnock is in there. I think you've got potentially Mikel Antonio, even though I don't think he's been called he's, up. Ivan yeah, Tony's eligible was, to play as well not. for Jamaica. Wow. You think, yeah. you, you think to yourself. But, you know, I think we're going to have to start a new chant at Watford and it's going to be quite simply, you know, Andre Gray, Jamaica's number nine. And he finished up <laughs> at number nine yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah, he's he just, it was a, oh, I turned into full Jamie Carragher with that, you little dancer, Andre. You know, <laughs> honestly, it's just like, oh, it was just, you know, mate, 38 seconds to be on the pitch and Gakia to Gray, the two subs that came on combining, that's when you know, that is when you're just, are so sure in that moment that everyone's on the same page. The substitute came on, and Gakia looked like he'd been playing for the previous hour in that yeah. game. Yeah, Andre yeah. Gray looked like he'd been rested for a game and had come on, and that was his 21st goal of the season. That was the kind of finish. That was the kind of confidence that he had. It's that Andre Gray was not really seen running in behind. You know, he scored two good goals, two very well-taken goals against Wickham. But yesterday, ah, oh, it was a great finish. Superb finish. 38 seconds in. Everyone's on the same hymn sheet on Birmingham were blown out of the water. And I'm I'm you know, listen, I've been I've been very critical of Andre and his time at Watford Football Club. And you know, I think I think we all he, have, right? I think we all have. No, I think <laughs> I think I think we all have, but I think it's one of those things with him whereby he's been given a huge opportunity now. I think, you know, with Zinkanagel out yesterday, I think you would have been a bit disappointed to have not been given the start. Yeah. And given that the last time I think we had some sort of injury upfield, you know, it was him that kind of, I think it was actually the Wickham game that Pedro was out for and Gray yeah, came in for. Suspended, and, wasn't it? Yeah, suspended. And I feel like he would have looked at that and thought, ah, I really, I really wanted that start. I really wanted an opportunity to kind of start the game. And as I said at the top of this, it's the, the impact that he had on the game after 38 seconds is the same kind of impact on um, Isaac's success was hoping for after 50 minutes or so. And he didn't, we really didn't really kind of get that from him. Mm. Um, I think Andre has put his, has put his kind of, he's put himself in the ring, hasn't he? For set, for that plan B off the bench, maybe, you know, I know a lot, I think, I think there's been a lot of talk about that, you know, when Troy comes back to fitness, I, I mean, I, I think for the record, I think Troy will go straight back onto the bench. I yeah. don't think there's going to be a, yeah, let's leave Troy out of the squad because of what's going on, you know, currently with results. Um, I think Stipe Parisa will, will be the man to make way. I think Troy and Andre could play a big part in the second half, you know, towards like the run-in, if they are, if Troy is, of course, fit to play. You've got a very good plan B there. You've got Troy, who can, you know, he gives us so much on the pitch. Andre, yesterday, if, if, you, if you give him the chance, if you feed the man, he will score. And Gakia, what a ball that was from him. And, you know, a, a, a great goal to round off what what was in the end I'd say a relatively comfortable afternoon, even though it didn't feel like it. If I'm yeah. being honest with you, I can look back at the highlights now. I think yeah, that was pretty confident. But during yeah. the game, I was bricking it. You know, yeah. one nil up. I was I was I was bricking it, <laughs> and it's just that preconditioned, pre Watford condition kind of mode that I go into of being one nil up. And you know, I I don't know. Maybe earlier on in the season, if this game had happened, Scott Hogan scores that chance. Birmingham score from a, you know, and a kind of very freak kind of situation. But 
we 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 won the game three and we kept a clean sheet which which was massive and as you say you know backman didn't have to do a whole lot um he is another guy as well you know i kind of have worried about a little bit so some of his handling and all that but he was he was good yesterday and you know andre came on three nil three massive points yeah yeah, massively. And, you know, you, you mentioned there, Ben, obviously, if we've talked about the Ngakia winning the ball back as if he's pretty much been playing the, the, the whole game, really, and he just switched straight on. Andre Torbidi's won, uh, run brilliantly, although yeah. the Birmingham, I think, right back or right centre back, he was. He was I don't so know what he was deep. doing. Yeah, he was so deep. Because <laughs> if, if he was in line, Andre would have been off, I think. But he was so deep, but never, you know, nevertheless. Andre through one on one, and he's put it in the back of the net. Now I know we've we talked about this after the Wickham game, how two goals might do his confidence a world of good. But do you think the fact that he's come on 38 seconds later, he's put one in that sort of a you need to start thinking about picking me gaffer sort of message? Um, do you think that he's going to do anything for his confidence, or or have you? Sort there's, of a few, there's a few things that's um, standing out for me. Yesterday, yeah. Isaac's success starting, that, that would have hurt Andre Gray. Um, yeah. He would have been on the yeah. bench and he would have yeah. been fuming. Um, so he, he knew when he came on the bench, he needed to make an impact and he did that straight away, took his chance. But I think also being called up for Jamaica as well, I think that's helped his confidence. And I've, that goal yesterday is is what is maybe Andre Gray at his best. Um, he hit yeah, the ball yeah. cleanly as yeah. well. In yeah, the back of the net where yeah, We've yeah. said this season, um, normally when Andre Gray scores, he normally like shanks it or mishits it and it ends up going in or slices it in or rebounds off his arse and goes in. But he really took that <laughs> finish really calmly yesterday and it was, it was really good to see. Um, so I think it was a bit of a point to prove and you need to play me now, Gaffer. Um, and confidence now. Um, even at Rotherham midweek, I thought he was holding a ball up well. He was linking play up well. And he was getting into um, good op- uh, good space as well to take chances. And it, unfortunately, he didn't score um, Tuesday night at Rotherham. But he was in the right places at the right time. And that's what you've got to do. you just got to keep working hard. And sooner or later, it will click. And I thought it, it clicked for Andre yesterday. And he could have ended up maybe getting a couple more. Um, Hongo, uh, right, Hongo was free. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, but you, you can un- you can understand Hongbo there. He's, he's yeah. a really young lad. Watford with two, three nil up at that point, and he could have got onto the score sheet. But looking yeah. back at it, he could have got an assist there, and maybe Gray was in a better spot if he passed it across to tap it in. But look, he's so young; he's going to learn from this, isn't he? It's only going to make him stronger. I don't mind him doing that. I, I, yeah, I, was, I, I was watching no, him, and I was thinking with yeah. three nil up, not yeah. a problem. If it was one nil. And they were sort of chasing, and we broke on the counter. Then I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be fuming. But he's a young lad, as you say. He's confident, and he's he's a bloody good player as well. And then yeah. Andre obviously give him an absolute bollocking. And then I think a couple of minutes later they were through again, and he put Gray through, but we couldn't unfortunately get the the, the ball in the net. But um, we we talked about Backman having a, a comfortable game. Uh, just a little stat: so Watford have now won their last four home games against Birmingham, keeping clean sheets in all four. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's very good, and another clean sheet for for Dan Backman. But as you say. On a whole, you know, as as Troy Deeney tweeted yesterday, just what the doctor ordered for the international break, rest up and go yeah, again. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, you look at the stats, 59% possession, 40% for Birmingham, 11 shots we had, eight on target. And that's probably the closest it's been to 
all our shots being on target. Now, Birmingham had 14 shots, but only one on target. So, and in the end, the passes, like 464 passes to Birmingham's 294. So, in the end, although even at 3-0, I was thinking, surely there's not a way we they can get back in this, because I was bricking it. Um, but a relatively comfortable afternoon. And then, obviously, Shane, you know, we spoke before recording, Brentford obviously drew earlier on, so they're now even further behind. And then Cardiff, it seemed though we really pissed them off the other week. They were not happy with us. <laughs> but then they, they went and did us, did us a favour last night while beating Swansea. A great day all round, basically. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these kind of weird people where I, I didn't watch the 12.30 game yesterday. No. Um, I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it because I don't want to be emotionally involved in some of that. I did see the score before our game kicked off. I thought, okay, well, we've now got an opportunity to kind of do so. You know, I I was a bit shocked, I'll be honest, coming into my game, knowing that Brentford had dropped points. I wasn't expecting it. I follow a couple of Brentford fans on Twitter who are absolutely livid mm. with uh, Thomas Frank and some of the things with their with their side. Um, obviously, we did the job at three o'clock, settling down to watch the, the game at um, half five. And I thought, okay, well, you know, it's been a good day so far. I'm in a very good mood. I, I, I kind of had a feeling that the game was going to end in a draw. I, put, I did kind of predict a draw before the game. Um, it was ironic, of course, that it was Aidan Flint that scored the goal for Cardiff, because <laughs> the guy that he was the guy who wound us up all a lot, you know, last last weekend. Um, but they came through it, and after you know, the full time whistle went, I. I, I don't really know what came over me. Like, I'll be honest with you, I let out this massive lion's roar, you know. It was just, it was just like, <laughs> I, I felt like, I'll be honest, you know, if you can just kind of like imagine it, you know. <laughs> you know, the final whistle goes and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I knew, I, I could feel it. Knew how In important moment, it was. That was, I, 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 I've said it to you guys. I, th- I think I'll even, I'll, I'll just come and say it again. I think this weekend has been a monumental moment. In, in our season the fact that the pressure was on us coming into this game I don't think there's any doubt about it you know we've spoken about how how Birmingham we're going to settle we're kind of we're going to kind of set up wasn't going to be a simple game for us the fact that we've taken advantage against our two promotion rivals for me is just was just fantastic yeah to see for us to be able to reap the rewards I've said this I, I say this a lot on WDAT. So if anyone's listening, you're going to have to tick tick this off on like your bingo card or, anything, or something. <laughs> um, if you are, of course, listening to this. Um, but I always say this: if you work hard, if you put the effort in when it matters to your team, you'll be able to reap the rewards. How many of those players are going to be waking up this morning, you know, absolutely shattered, but with a smile on their face, mm. knowing that they've put the effort in? You could feel it after the game yesterday. Even after the even after the five thirty game had finished, a lot of the players coming out on social media. You know that all the pictures of the squad, team, everyone's together. You know, I'm sure we'll get a tunnel cam at some point of all the players going so. vamos into the camera, and you know, <laughs> and everyone, you know, you know, smashing Backman's hand, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. But we need that. That yeah. that's what we've missed. And you know, we talk about kind of. I thought I did see a question that, that was posed to, to the podcast. Mm. Someone did ask me actually separately yesterday, you know, this has been a great team performance. Um, who's, who, who do you think has been like the most improved player in this squad? Cause we've seen so many great people 
so many great players kind of just raise their game. And it's a tough decision to make in that respect. Um, and of course, who would we will you kind say? of go on to that. Who, who would I say? I, would, yeah. I, I, th- I think two players kind of stand out to me. The first one for me, I think the guy who wins it by a mile is Nathaniel Chalaber yeah. for me. That's what for, for me, he's just absolutely... I mean, consider this for a minute. We could have sold this guy to Leicester. Yeah. In that, yeah. In that 24 hours of absolute madness, whereby we were just getting rid of Keener and, you know, everyone just want, wanted to leave. And, you know, it was like a higher, you know, it was kind of like a fire process, you know, you go, you go, you go, you go kind of thing. And when I saw Keener leave, I thought, okay, well, that's pretty bad. I didn't understand the logic really kind of behind it. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he's been thriving and, I think for the record with Keener, I don't think you I don't think we'll see him in a Watford shirt again, personally. I don't think we will. I think he's made the break for it. And I think and I wish him the very best of luck. But with Chalaber, something's clicked with him. I don't quite know what it is. I've kind of had a feeling it was maybe the formation change. I think that's clicked for a lot of these players. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know, and we never will know unless, of course, something dramatic happens. We will never know about what happened in the week between Coventry away and Bristol City at home. The conversations that that were had, you know, I know Troy's got his autobiography coming out later oh, on this year. Are we maybe going to get an insight into there? Maybe, maybe not. But something happened that week, and something clicked. And go back to Chalaber; he looks superb in that midfield three, You're playing in that advanced role. We finally unlocked his talent. It's always been there. I've, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've been, I've, I've, you know, oh my god, I come across like a proud dad all of a sudden. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm so. I'm so proud of Chalaba. I, I really, really am. And, you know, he's a guy who I think has, he, you know, he struggled with injury. I think he's maybe just kind of struggled to find himself in this team. But he's done it. And he looks all the more better for it. I think it helps when you're playing with the dynamo that is Will Hughes. Um, the two of them, I said it on Twitter yesterday, the two of them are just phenomenal footballers, Yeah, really. I think it is just just as simple as that. Hughes, Chalaba, like like a Birmingham City fan said, said to you, Mike, you know, that midfield three shouldn't be playing in the championship. How many, how many, I mean, you know, come on, you know, when the, when the championship squad was leaked at the start of the season, all the neutrals were like, it should be illegal for Watford to be in this team, you know, in this division, that squad should be illegal. You know, you saw all the stuff, but we've not really, we hadn't really made it click at the start of the season. There were loads of players in there. There was a lot of uncertainty in that squad. We still had the talent. Something wasn't quite right at the start of the season. But we yeah. seem to have got it right now. We're, you know, all guns blazing. You're asking me about my most improved player. I say Chalaba. Also want to put a word in there as well for Adam Messina. I think he's come under the radar a lot in the last few weeks. Yes. Um, but two match winning match winning goals, of course. You know, he got one again. You know, I mean, how, how are we ever gonna forget his one against Cardiff? <laughs> uh, I mean, for that alone, he will go down in Watford history for let's just be honest about it. Um and his match-winning goal against Nottingham Forest. I think he's been good for us. I think he's kind of he's kind of matured as well in that left-back position. Um, it kind of helps the fact that he's not been rotated out as much. Um, but there are options. We talk about squad depth. The right-back yesterday, Kiko, starting the game. You've got Jeremy and Gakia in there. You're looking at the centre-backs. Sirial, so Tristikon are doing great. Cascart with his experience on the bench. We're forgetting, of course, that we've still got Christian Cavacelle to return to action as well he's looking really good you know kind of like warming up etc you know getting himself ready mm. in the midfield yeah we've got Gosling in there Sanchez is in there Rolls Royces as I think I've heard them being quoted Hughes Chalaba 
Zinkanagel as well when he's back fit again. It's all coming together. And you've got up the field, you look up the field, Saar and Semma, those two guys, I think, have been the crucial part of the 4-3-3 switch. Yeah. The 4-4-2, they played a lot more narrow. Saar, Semma were not getting into the game. The 4-3-3, everything changed. Saar, all of a sudden, running down the wing, down to the byline, cutting the ball back again. He was the dangerous Ishmael Saar that allowed the likes of Man United and Liverpool to show their interest in him. That's the Ishmael Saar that I love. That's the Ishmael Saar that I've grown to love at this football club. And, you know, up front with Jao Pedro, you know, he all, he's kind of been, you know, he's been on a bit of a goal, bit of a goal drought recently. You know, goals do kind of dry up, et cetera. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter because when you've got the team play as they are at the moment, goals are coming in from everywhere, aren't they? You know, our midfielders are scoring. Um, our wingers are scoring. Um, and as in midweek, our centre-back was scoring. So everything's looking good. We've got a lot of options up the field, up yeah. top. We're in, a, we're in a great position. We're in a very strong position yeah. as well. I think, I think we've just got to make a note of that. I've seen a few fans say <clears throat> to me, are Swansea and Brentford at the moment, are they going to want to play us right now? You know, they'll be scared of that. I've seen a few Norwich fans after their draw yesterday say, oh, I reckon we'll get a point against Watford. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't get three points against Watford because they are, you know, other teams are looking at us now thinking, well, you guys were out the picture back mm. in December. Like, what the hell's happened here? And yeah. it's now got to a point where by the top of the table are looking back at us thinking, oh, no, oh, no, kind of thing. You know, you don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, of course, but it's it's an eight-point gap to, to the top. You know, when we play Norwich, if we keep up this form, are we going to be in striking distance? Is it a possibility? We look, we look unstoppable at, at the moment. We, we genuinely look unstoppable. When, when we get the first goal, everything, our, our game seems to change. We seem to relax. The fan base obviously doesn't relax because we're all obviously still very nervous. But, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're playing so well at the moment. And yeah. it's a testament to Cisco. It's a testament to the players who make it work. Um, but Cisco, he came in for a lot of, you know, criticism and all that. But listen, he's, he's, he's come up trumps as well, I think, in all of this. And he deserves a lot of credit. Let's just see where this takes us, really. You know, it's absolutely it's a very weird time to be a Watford fan because it's actually very, very positive, which I'm not <laughs> really used to, but you know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And Ben, before we go to uh, some some more questions that we've that we've been asked, just might as well get your opinion. Who would you say the most improved Watford player has been this season? Um well off of late it's obviously been Nathaniel Chalaber, but I think before Tom Cleverley got injured I thought he's been absolutely outstanding yeah, yeah. this season and absolutely. he's upped his game yeah. massively I think it, if it wasn't been for Tom Cleverley with his work rate and encouraging everyone else to do the same I don't think we'd be in the same position as what we would be right now so before his injury I would have said Tom Cleverley but you can't ignore um, Nathaniel Chalaba he's yeah. been absolutely incredible and you can probably see why Troy Deeney said on that Monday Night Football those years ago he said that uh, Nathaniel Chalaba is at 50 million uh, player that yeah. he's seen in training, and that we're suddenly we're seeing that now with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to be back with some news from international camps, and then just finish on some questions from you guys. So we will see you shortly. <laughs> Hello, 
Voices of the Week is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off now and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Manscaped has just launched in the UK, and we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ever ball trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Yeah, um, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof as well, so it allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by just USB. So if you're listening right now, I want you to experience that firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to the touch clean. It's 20% off plus free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Make your testies your besties <laughs> get 20% off at and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you okay so we uh thanks for for listening to uh, to the second part of it as always Ben has been slaving away hard at work getting all these um all, all these different bits of information for me so thank you very much uh to ben there so obviously with the um with the international the flurry of international players that we've seen it's been absolutely incredible i don't i don't recall ever having this many people called up before i i, I don't know if it's just me um we've ben is this still a bit of a gray area because obviously yesterday we we said that Saar wasn't traveling with the senegal squad then there was a graphic leaked to show that he was and as far as we're aware, he won't travel with the Senegal squad and he'll remain at the club for treatment on his hamstring injury. Um, and then Adam Messina, off the back of this, I probably should have read this earlier because I mentioned this, it's his back, but it doesn't appear to uh, to be a major problem that will keep him out of the uh, the travelling squad with Morocco. Uh, Craig Cuffcart, as always, has been called up. They've got, uh, for the World Cup qualifiers for Northern Ireland, they've got Italy, Bulgaria, and then they've got a, a friendly against USA. Another man who Watford fans might recognise that was uh, called up was Nathan Gartside, a young goalkeeper that we used to have on our, on our books. Obviously, we know about Messina being called up. They've got Marishana uh, and Burundi. Truce de Kong's joining up with Nigeria for two Africa Cup of Nation qualifiers against Benin and Lesotho. And then, obviously, as we talked about earlier, 
Jamaica have called upon Andre Gray and they're going to play USA. Uh, and on the injury front, we've got that Christian Cabaselli is back in full training following a bruising on his knee. Tom Cleverley, who sustains minor ligament damage, hopes to join relatively soon. Uh, and then the midfielder is running outside and he's confident of an Easter weekend's return. What a return he will be. And then the man that was there yesterday, of course he was going to be there, Troy Deeney. Um, he's continuing his rehabilitation from his Achilles tendon tear uh, with upper body and cardio part of the plan. And a, a recent scan shows that there's positive indications of a uh, steady progress. And then just a couple of youngsters to talk about. Dan Phillips and George Langston uh, are still both in the process of shaking off their hamstring injuries. Phillips himself has actually been called up to the Trinidad and Tobago national team um, next week. And Langston is, um, is itching to get back because he was on loan at uh, Weldstone. And then Ryan Cassidy, who was having a brilliant time at Accrington, has unfortunately had to return um, because he picked up an injury with with Accrington. And then just sticking with the youth squad, a massive, massive, massive congratulations to the under-18s who are through to the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup yes. after beating Lincoln 3-2 in extra time. I thought it was brilliant that the club put it on. So they put it on, on a stream and... It wasn't just any old commentators. John Marks was there with uh, Omar Ricks. I thought that was very good. And uh, it I, thought it was, I thought it was great coverage, actually. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that I really want to see more of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, you know, when I hear on like a Friday afternoon that, you know, Burkamp scored a stunner or Pochettino scored a stunner, I'm like, yeah, great. I want to see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, you know, come on, you know, you know, we've got to treat these guys like they're part of this team. I feel like it's yeah. more first team and then everyone else kind of thing. Um, I think that result in particular, I just kind of want to touch on it because mm. I, I saw something going around that night whereby actually Lincoln City's like youngsters, they're, they're under 80s, actually do train with the first team. Some like, of them have made bench taught, appearances. Some of them, yeah, some of them have made bench appearances and also they're taught to play that kind of a very physical style and Lincoln, of course, doing very well at the moment towards, towards the top end of League One. Um, it was a very gutsy performance from our under 80s and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I think I think it might be John Marks made the comment. You know, it'd be very interesting now to see who who they are drawn against. Maybe another big side, maybe another big stadium. That big stadium experience, the match experience for a lot of those youngsters, um, will go a very very long way. And it's encouraging, isn't it? You see the likes of Dan Phillips caught up to the Trinidad and Tobago squad. Yeah, Bailey Spencer Adams caught up to the Guyana squad as well. You know, these guys are being recognised, and you know they're putting in, they're putting in the hard graft and. When they're there doing what they are doing, you know, getting the international call-ups, all they have to do is just look up, look at Joe Hungbo and look at what he's doing now with the first team in that squad, realising pretty quick and kind of realising that actually it can happen. Yeah. If you work hard, it can happen. There is a route here. That's what Joseph Hungbo represents in this squad. I know that sounds a little bit philosophical, but that is kind of what it does represent. It represents that if hard work, if you put the hours in, you put the effort in, as he said, as Joe Hungbo said, we were all getting very excited after the Nottingham Forest game, rightly so. But his tweet brought himself and everyone back to earth again to be like, it's just what I keep on doing. I keep on working. I keep on going. Monday is going to be no different. I'll just keep on working. It's that very level-headed, you know, very level-headed, non-cocky attitude that he has, which I think impresses me the most. A very humble guy. Very, very yeah. humble. Um, another person as well, I don't think it was mentioned there, was Ken Semmer, who's been called up to the internationals, um, I think, with Sweden. Um, yes. Which is... 
it's a bit of a worry for me, really. Um, look, first of all, 11 internationals, I think, in turtle have been called up. I think that's a fantastic achievement for a championship club as well, which I think has yeah, been yeah. noted by a few people. You know, I think, I think that needs to be mentioned. But I don't know. You know, there are maybe, you know, there's other, you know, football kind of opinion here as to whether or not we should be having an international break right now. I don't think we should. I think, if I'm being honest, if I was at the club, I maybe would have put my foot down to say, yeah, guys, this is great news, but we're kind of in the middle of a promotion push here. Yeah. Like you see Premier League clubs do it all the time. And I'm sure we'll hear within the next week or so how Harry Kane has pulled out of the England squad or how Raheem Sterling will only be playing one game out of the three kind of thing. You know, I feel like we kind of need to be doing that a little bit. We need to be a little bit selfish to say, hang on, this is great news. I think certain players it's fine for. I think the fact that Saar's staying here in Watford, I think that's crucial. We need that to happen. He cannot be allowed to go with Senegal. So I think that could wreck his season, if I'm being honest. Um, we are by regards to his rehabilitation and all that. But Ken Semmer for me is a really weird one. You know, I was very happy for every single player to be called up. But but with Ken, I looked at him and I thought, oh, he's a guy who could do with a bit of a rest, really. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, really could do with a bit of a rest. He could do with just sitting indoors for a week and actually just not doing anything, actually. You know, these players need a rest. And that's my worry. I look at Tristan Kong, for example, with Nigeria, playing a lot of matches. He's got to travel a long way as well for these matches. You know, let's yeah, just yeah. Let's not lie about it. We're quite lucky. Our South American players, Serial to Gel Pedro, haven't been called up. So we haven't got like the big, you know, the whole played on Thursday, therefore going getting back on Friday afternoon, etc. And, you know, even though actually our next game is on Good Friday anyway. And I think some of the game, again, again, you know, you look at the times in which some of these matches are being played. We've got games being played on the Wednesday night, 7.45 kickoff, wherever they're playing it. And I'm like, God, are you going to be back in time for Friday, three o'clock? It's a real worry. Mm. Now, that's not to say that, okay, well, these players can, you know, we've got players that can kind of fill in for these players. Of course we do. You know, we've got, we've got great squad depth, but it's about your fitness throughout the rest of the season. I don't think a March international break should have gone ahead. If I'm being honest with you, I don't think it's relevant right now. You know, teams are, you know, teams in the championship, teams in the Premier League, you know, the the fighting relegation, fighting um, promotion, fighting for top four, et cetera. I just don't think we could have really kind of done without that kind of distraction right now. But 11 players is fantastic. At the end of the day, you know, as much as I enjoy talking i can't sadly change the minds of anyone so yeah listen i wish i wish them all the very best of luck and i'm just praying and hoping and just crossing all any ligament that i have that there are no injuries to any of those players well um especially some of the big ones you know ken being the biggest i think yeah no i'm I'm sure there's every watford fan is is hoping the same as well um and then just a, a couple of other things a couple of other stats um, Gold, Watford have now won nine matches in a 10-game period in the Football League for the first time Ooh. since October 2000, and that was under Graham Taylor. Yeah. And then wow. no other player under the age of 21 has scored more goals in England's top four tiers than um, Jao Pedro, who scored nine times. That's uh, that's absolutely incredible. What we're going to do, just to, uh, just to finish off the podcast as we do most weeks, is... We ask you guys for a couple of questions. We'd love to read them all out, literally. Like the the questions that we're getting in is absolutely brilliant. So uh, so keep them coming. Uh, I'm just going to answer one very quickly because my old man sent a, a, a question in saying, as a Brummie, do you enjoy beating Blues or Villa more? <laughs> um, 
that, that's a really, really tough question. I've sort of had a night to sort of sleep on that question. I would probably say Blues because over the years, I've probably got more stick from Blues fans than I have Villa fans. Um, and we've, we've, yeah, the Villa defeat last season was a really, really tough one for me to take. But I'm going to oh, yeah, say, yeah. I'm going to say Blues yeah. on that one. Um, and the it's uh, one of those though, isn't it? I guess yeah. with like with. With that kind of thinking, you know, obviously, you know, for me, the last time we played Birmingham was like a few seasons ago. It's mm. the first game I kind of looked at when the fixture list kind of came out. One of the first games, anyway, I shouldn't say it was the first because the first one was, you know, the team up the road. But yeah, um, the you know, that was kind of like the second game I kind of looked at. And, you know, with the whole naivety that I sat with in July, being like, oh, yeah, I might be able to get myself to St. Andrews this season. They may be able to come down to Vicarage Road, etc. Obviously, that kind of hasn't happened. And it's been a shame in that respect, you know, but it's always lively whenever we do play Birmingham because, yeah. you know, I get a lot of stick, uh, just as you'd expect, really. And, you know, it's, um, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was kind of ni- nice to kind of keep up, you know, this is a chance for me to kind of catch up with family and all that. And it was, it was actually very nice yesterday. And obviously to get the three points was just as great because if we had lost that game, then, you know, I would have been slightly worse for wear this, this morning. Let's just say. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's uh, it's a great, it's a great away day as well. Yeah, um, it's a fantastic away day. Absolutely. Ben, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to wrap it up by asking uh, Shane one of the questions. Peter Smith and um, James Hurst, as uh, they've sort of, you can sort of answer both their questions here. So Peter says, how many points do you think we'll need to go up? He thinks 92. And then James asked, how many wins do we need in our last eight? But they sort of go hand in hand. So we're on 75 points at the moment, Ben. What's the magic number this year to go up for us? Uh, with other teams dropping points at the moment, it might not be 92 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think last time we was asked this, I think I said around 94 points. Um, yeah, that's yeah. going to lower now. I, I might stick with maybe 89, 89 yeah. points you might need to get okay. promoted this season. Because um, we've, we've still got to play the teams around us as well. So I don't really see them getting as close to us as, as I did think a few weeks ago. Like, You've got to remember, about four weeks ago, or maybe three weeks ago, we was nine points behind Brentford. We're now seven points clear of them. Yeah, That's massive, isn't it? Football is a for, crazy game. I've gone, massive, for six, eh? I've gone for six wins from eight. So I don't know if that's slightly too ambitious in that respect, but I feel like I feel like the I feel like there'll be two kind of slipping points. Maybe I look at the Norwich game potentially that could be a little bit tough for us. Still, and I feel like there may could be one other game in there whereby we slip up in, you know, or maybe not get the win in, for example. But um, I think 92 points, 90 point kind of mark, I think that's where we should still be aiming for. Um, if it's less than that, then that's surely to our benefit, isn't it? Really? I mean, uh, it shows that teams have maybe dropped points in that respect and uh, we've kind of carried on picking them up, really. Yeah. And there's, you know, nine points behind Brentford, seven points clear. Wow, crazy! You've got to think wow. as well. Like, the other teams, they've still got to play their games. I know they've got games in hand as well, but I don't see um, Brentford or Swansea winning eight out of eight. They're definitely going to sw- uh, um, slip up again as well. Uh, maybe yeah. they're only going to win four games, and we might just need to win five day- games to get promoted. It's definitely going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's exactly the point, though, isn't it? Because Swansea, I think, have now run out of their games in hand, haven't they? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they have. They've still got now. one game in hand. One game in hand. Okay. Yeah. Brentford, I think, have. Of course, yeah, of course. So they've still got that one game in hand, but even if they win both those games, if those they'll games were to take owing. place tomorrow, 
will still be ahead of them. So. Yeah, and our goal difference now is as well. Oh, that could be man. an extra oh. point come the end of the season. Goal um, difference is huge. We got, we got 13 yeah. goals better than Swansea at the moment. That's massive. That's and, so um, massive. We would be us. we were behind Brentford by four, but surely we've closed yeah. a gap on that. We're, now, we're three above Brentford now. Wow! 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 Shane, I've got a question for you. I've, I've, Go on. This is a good one. Uh, one of our listeners, Peter Johnson, has said Chalaber's back to his best. Are you worried if this carries on, he might leave at the end of the season? And he's put in brackets the Leicester link might resurface. If we go up, we will need him and Hughes to be our heartbeat. I think I think that's a very very tough one. You know, I think it would have been easy for the club to potentially sell Chalaber. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, actually, with all of this, you know, we talk about Carlos Sanchez. I know he I don't think he was a rumor on deadline day. He kind of surfaced slightly, um, slightly later. I just yeah. wonder if the Carlos Sanchez rumor had kind of been around at that time. Would the club have been tempted to maybe kind of force their hand and allow Chalaba to leave? We don't really know what the ins and outs were there, really. You know, it seemed to be Keener leaving. And you had Gosling coming in, for example. So, you know, yeah. Sanchez was available. This was there maybe then the avenue there for Chalaba to say, right, you're not, guys. Thanks, but I'm off kind of thing. Um, is it a worry if we get promoted? For me, no. I don't think it is. I think I think Chalaba's found his purpose in this team. I think he's going to be a crucial part of our, of our team moving forward, especially in the Prem. Um, my biggest worry, of course, is if we don't get promoted, um, with all the tears that will follow from me, alone um that's where i kind of worry about it that's kind of worry that's where i worry you know he mentions hughes in there as well that's where i worry about the likes of hughes and chalaver and other players you know will will they leave i think the answer to that question is probably a yes if we don't get promoted i think we've just got to be honest about it but for me if we go up i don't think i think there'll be rumors i think there'll be interest but i feel like those guys their their hearts are with the club at the moment uh, yeah. especially with Chalaba and Hughes as well. You know, Hughesy, I mean, oh God, it's just, I, can't, I cannot get enough of those two really in the <sighs> midfield, if I'm honest with you. You know, it's, they are fantastic. And as, and as, um, and as the question says, they are, they are crucial to our team and they'll be massive for us next season. Yeah. And then I must apologise to uh, James Hurst because I read his question out and he's actually asked another question. We'll finish on a funny <laughs> one. Ben, starting with you. He's asked, what's your go-to pot noodle flavour? There's only one correct answer in my eyes, but go on. I reckon you're going to um, say, you're going to be controversial here, aren't you? Well, I grew up loving beef and tomato, oh, but I love yes, chicken no. and mushroom. That is the go-to <laughs> chicken and mushroom one. I never used to have chicken and mushroom growing up, but I've, oh, I've really, the last couple of years, I've, I've just changed. And um, yeah, absolutely love it. Can't get enough of it. What I love about a pot noodle, though, is after you've finished eating all the noodles, I love drinking it yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's the best bit of a noodle. Yes. Yeah. And you got a, you got a favourite flavour, Shane? It's got to um, be chicken and mushroom, isn't it? A chicken and mushroom is, is one of my favourites. My other one, actually, I quite like the Brazilian barbecue steak one. Ooh, that's kind of grown of on me slightly. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's kind of it's kind of grown on me slightly. I remember. I think um, had it. I think when I went abroad and I couldn't find the chicken and mushroom one. Obviously, because, you know, <laughs> you know. Obviously, obviously they hadn't realised just how lovely and tasty it was. Obviously, so I actually I actually tried that one. I actually actually really liked it. So chicken and mushroom is always my go-to. But if I can find a barbecue steak one, then yeah, that's got to be second spot for me. 
Got to be done. Got to be done. Absolutely. Chicken and mushroom all day. Right. And then just to uh, just to finish up on the um, on the podcast, we won't talk too much about this. In fact, all I want to do is just get your score predictions because it is another couple of weeks until the game. Two um, two weeks, not well, almost two weeks until the game. Um, it's Sheffield Wednesday at home. Thank God, because I feel much more confident at home. Uh, yep. Ben, starting with you, score prediction for that one. Uh, gonna be tough again. Um, they won two one yesterday at Barnsley, didn't they? So yeah, that's some result. <laughs> massive, massive, result. yeah, massive surprise result. there. Um, Jordan Rowles got both both goals. So it's gonna be tough, but I, I think it'll be another three 0 Watford victory. Uh, another clean sheet. Um, they'll oh, probably dude. throw the kitchen sink at everything, just like Birmingham did yesterday. But we've got enough quality of defence and attack to um, beat Wednesday. Yeah, Shane, score prediction. I'm going to back our defence. I'm going to back back foot as well. I think it'll be another clean sheet. I'm going to go for... I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0 oh, Watford win. Like it. But yeah, I, I am going to go... I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-0 as well. I, I love a 2 0 yeah. this season. Yeah. I, I love a 2 0 But 3-0 shows real dominance, but I love a 2 0 But as you said, it's going to be a tough game. We, we would usually talk a little bit more in depth. We would usually have a fan on, but it's not for another week or so. So there's... There's no point there, really. But um, thank you, guys, for listening to the podcast, as always. It's been an absolute pleasure. Massive thanks to you, Shane, for uh, for coming on. Uh, I assume you, you're on WD18 again tonight. Is, is, that, is that the case? Yeah, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Talking all things Watford, um, talking about the win and uh, talking about my disappointment at um, yesterday's game a little bit because the one bad side I thought of yesterday's game, and I will mention it tonight, is... The moment David Prutton handed over to the Sky commentary team, and there were no, there was no Keith Andrews in the commentary box. So, <laughs> um, I had a bit of a cry. I'm not going to lie. Um, I wept slightly um, because you know he is my Lord and Savior. So, um, you know, it was, it was what it was, obviously. But you know, we'll we're talking all things Watford tonight. You know, yeah. the Birmingham game. Looking ahead, looking at the international break, and looking ahead, I think to towards the rest of the season. Really, it's a great time to be a Watford fan, and as as you say, never too early. And you can never talk about Watford enough at the moment. Really, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure that there'll be many listeners that watch. If you don't, make sure you go into the WD18 channel. Uh, Shane will be live with Jacob tonight. Those guys continue to do a brilliant job. But thank you very much to all our listeners who continue to send questions in, continue to listen to us, and continue to help us make great content. So enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Come on, you ones. Podcast Network.